down the road, you'd be more disappointed by the things you didn't do than the ones you did. So dream, explore, say yes to life. Be inspired to live life as an exciting adventure of discovery. You are listening to the Inspire Possibility Show, and I'm your host, Mark Sussman. Hey, everybody. This is Mark Sussnell. Thanks for listening to the Inspire Possibility Show, the show that hopefully will inspire you to think differently, to think bigger, and perhaps look at some of the things that you gave up on. And every week I invite various individuals that that move me in some way that I consider cutting-edge thought leaders, people who are visionaries that can kind of guide us on a new way of thinking. And when I got this request to be on the show, the title was Everyday Magnificent. And I, and I, I, love, I love that title. What a concept is it every day to feel magnificent. At least that's what I'm hoping. And in the book, it, it says that there, there are practices for activating an unlimited life. And let me tell you about Gabriella Masala, the author. She's been steeped in universal wisdom teaching, contemplative expressive arts, and energy medicine for over 20 years. She's a consultant. She's passionate about creativity as fuel for transformation and pioneering new territory, what it means to be fully alive. She's a consultant, author, recording artist, song carrier, entrepreneur, and founding principal of Source Consulting Group. Welcome, Gabriella, to the Inspire Possibility Show. Thank you. It's an honor to be here with you. And, and I'm, I'm excited what comes out of this because we've had, up to this, so many incredible emails that are going, wow, what, a, what an amazing person. And, and so let's, let's go back. What I'm curious about is, is this idea, this is your third book. Is that correct? Everyday Magnificent? It is. Yes. And, and, yes. and so what, why did you decide to kind of get into this topic? This, what, what moves you to say, I want to write a book about everyday magnificence? That's a great question. What moved me is ultimately this experience of I want to feel the aliveness, the um, receptivity of insight, of connection with the divine in my own heart and soul and body. I want to feel that all the time, not just in my 20-minute meditation practice or on the retreats or on the yoga mat or wherever it is that our practices that are essential may take us throughout the day or the months or year. But I felt, how can we make this sustainable so that we feel so fully alive, connected, um, internally directed to have choice, choosing power around how we're going to design our lives, our moods, our thoughts, our feelings, etc. How can we integrate this moment by moment into the living meditation of life? That was my inspiration. So- Okay, so what I, if I'm understanding correctly is you're, that 
this feeling that we get sometimes when we meditate or do yoga or other things, that feeling of inspiration and joy, quite often we get that feeling and then it goes away. And you're saying, what if I can make that happen all the time? And that's been your question. Yes, and um, definitely. And one of the ways I really feel that it comes alive is when we are expressing our creativity, each of us in our unique ways. And, and instead of having a perspective where there are artists, there are poets, there are singers or dancers, this shift in whole life perspective, that that's actually for all of us, that we're all singers, we're all artists, we're all creators, we're all divine creators. From the littlest so things, what? from the daily meals and with the relationships to our whole lives as a, a living artwork. So what you're what you're suggesting is that to to think of being an artist is rather than a particular activity, rather as a way of being. Yeah, the the artistry of life, the artistry of relationship, the artistry of how we even relate to the natural world, to the marketplace, that it all has this potential to be creative and playful and that when we are in relationship with our own creative life force, we're also in touch with creation, with the mystery of creator, creation energy itself, and that this is really soul food. For me, this is, this is what lights me up and gets me up in the morning excited for another day to be in that intimate conversation. And also with this passion, you're also a mom, right? I am. Yeah, I love parenthood. It's one of my dear friends once said, parenthood is the fast track to enlightenment if you let it be. Yeah, it's, and it's, yeah, it's an ongoing workshop. never ends. <laughs> Mm-hmm. You don't have to. Sure you don't have to set a time for it. It's every day, and right, and it never ends. I agree. With, totally agree with you. Mm-hmm. Even when they yeah, become the, adults. Right, yeah, and so, my daughter is actually turning thirteen, so she's right at a really transitional age, and I just feel like she calls me to my best, and she's an immediate mirror for when I am fumbling and falling far from what it is to be my best self. And and do you ever like feel a conflict between your daughter's needs and and what you want to create in the world? Um, I would say that when, yes, yes. And that often when that happens, I'm forgetting that one of the greatest contributions I can make to the world, to the field, to life, is to really be present for this growing, thriving being before me. So it's a dance, I think, as a parent, especially as a parent who's also a creative, who has a personal practice of serving others, to be able to know how to give from a full cup, and then to also remember my priorities, that one of my devotional practices and creative practices is to serve as a mama and to serve this amazing young being who's growing into discovering who she is and what she's here to do on the planet. And that's an honor. It is. It, it is. It's a gift to mm-hmm. be a parent. And, uh, yeah, and you're a parent too, well, right, I'm Mark? A, I, have three, I have three kids. <laughs> wow. And I wonder how, you know, I wonder, mm-hmm. you know, 
for so long I wanted to be a dad. And then I was involved with a woman who, very creative being uh, in the world of dance and art and, and music, and um, she decided to have an abortion. And I, I was heartbroken. And then two years later, I ended up meeting my wife, who I had three kids with, who when I met her, she you know, wanted to be a midwife. And we had our kids at home, and she ended up being a midwife for several years in Marin. And now my kids are, you know, one's 28, and the other two are going to be uh, 32 and 34. So it's, but wow. there's still that mm. relationship. It kind of continues, and and it's it's a very unique, special related relationship, especially when you're conscious, when you're conscious parents, and your kids yes. know you're conscious, right? That's the hardest thing. Mm-hmm. Is that you know a lot of times people used to like to rag on their parents and how stupid they are, how uninteresting or how uncool. But our kids acknowledge that, you know, we're they have cool parents. So it's kinda of hard for them at times. <laughs> but they're cool too, so they're kind of into it. But anyway, yeah, it's it's uh, yeah, and it's beautiful. true. It's just in and the and the relationship, you know, deepens and changes. You know, what I'm curious about is 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 um I thought this might be a good way to kind of talk a lot about what you do is you know, you have practices for activating an unlimited life. And I think that's really what everybody would like, would be, a, a you know, an unlimited life. Well, first of all, why don't you tell us what you mean? I mean, I have a concept of what an unlimited life is, but, but why don't you tell us what your concept is? You bet. I'd love to. And with honor that this is by each being's, unique design so that when I say an everyday magnificent life and an unlimited life, that it's for each of us to really do the self-inquiry and self-discovery of what does that mean to me? And what is it perhaps to look at a limited life would be to look at the, the more narrow scope of the perception of living as separate objects or beings in a world of separation as a worldview of living through kind of the driving analytical mind um, and believing that we are our identity, our persona, our belief systems, our expectations of what is given from the outside in sometimes and living into the unlimited nature of our being and our unlimited life is going to be more uh, driven from the heart, from the awareness of our beingness, of the perspective of we are energy in a world of energy, which is more of the quantum reality worldview where we can feel into using our whole brain wiring and intelligence, the creative, the symbolic, the color, the music, you know, the dance, the embodiment, as well as that logical linear part that can do the work that we need as as uh, beings on this realm in this world at this time we need to be able to have a healthy persona uh, you know a healthy worldview that can relate to the mass reality but at the same time to be able to connect to that part of us that is vast that is unlimited that is what some may call the soul or the spirit or that unique spark and being able to connect to the infinite field of potential and possibilities beyond the known. Don't, so it's 
starting to rest in the unknown. So don't you think part of this process is, is kind of not letting our thoughts and beliefs control how we, I mean, which is a big challenge, right? But what limits us are our limiting beliefs, and, and which comes, you know, with our limiting beliefs come, come thoughts that are limitations. So would you kind of agree with that, or, or how would you say it? Yes, I would. I, I definitely agree. And what I have found on, on my journey, and I really like to emphasize with from my clients to the perspective in, in the Everyday Magnificent Workbook, which is really a playbook, right? It's an interactive journal, is to really let the whole thing be a playful adventure to arrive at the journey, whether it's daily life or um, whatever it is that we're encountering with a sense of wonder and possibility and to listen as much to the body's intelligence and to the heart intelligence, maybe even more so than we do to our mentally driven thoughts and that there's even a deprogram and an unlearning that needs to happen around our limited thinking and our critical judgmental um, thinking process that can often really be a joy kill to a life of love and happiness. <laughs> well, what you know, what I was wondering is because your book, you talk a lot about techniques and what about these limiting beliefs? I mean, I I work in my business, my practice, I work a lot with people that have limiting beliefs and to kind of get them to you know mm-hmm. change their thinking. Right? What's your approach to get people to to change these limiting beliefs? Do you, I mean, do you have like a step well, process or how do you go about it? You know, I, I, um, when it comes to one-on-one, I really presence with who is in front of me. And rather than a step-by-step methodology, even though I have a whole treasure trove of tools to choose from, it's really much more of an intuitive process and presencing with who is before me and how can I get out of my own mind and thinking and belief enough to be an available vessel to serve this being, to find their way home to their own answers and to their own ways of knowing and to point them home to a place beyond. So that first, before even um, becoming aware that there are beliefs and narrow limiting structures that need to be changed. There's there's this place of know thyself. So for someone to develop a practice of being able to even become aware, to have that witness awareness, to even listen in on their own unconscious looping of, of thoughts and beliefs that often become that narrow hard wiring. So there's always going to be a recommendation to have some kind of self-inquiry practice, contemplative practice, prayer practice, meditation practice that really invites someone to drop in and, and begin to really deeply listen to who am I? Who am I underneath all of the different layers of that uh, fast-moving mental energy? So what you, what you would recommend is that for people to have like a pretty much a daily practice to where they do some type of inquiry, whether it's prayer, meditation, qigong, you know, tai chi, yoga, or dance, or whatever, or just journaling, some type of, of practice that allows them to go inward. Is that kind of what you would Definitely. say is and kind of the, the essential yeah. piece? I feel that is a really essential starting point, as well as um, 
as a practice that then allows us to also be connected in the world. And for example, being out in the natural world in nature, the way that the natural world is modeling for us what it is to be in harmony, the way that the literal electromagnetic signature, the vibrational field that comes from walking in the forest or sitting at the ocean or getting your feet on the earth, connecting to the sky, the trees, the songbirds, that that has a direct impact on the molecules and cells of our bodies to entrain. It's modeling. This is what it is to be in harmony. This is what it is to be an interbeing and interconnection and that we're not separate from that. So that there's also an invitation to come back into wholeness, to even, uh, deprogram and leave behind even these ideas, paradigms, narrow ways of thinking and then feeling and then creating that say that we are isolated or that we're in separation, that actually we're part of an interbeing. Thich Nhat Hanh coined that word, and I really love it, uh, that we are one that, breathing, vibrating. Interbeing. 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 Yeah, I love that. You know, the sense that we are we are one beingness we're one emergence of energy and that when we get more connected to that we start to rest in wholeness rather than resting in separation which is often the mind of separation whereas the heart tends to be more of the conductor of wholeness that can even hold that mind and its mental structures and say hey i got you there's a deeper intelligence that your beliefs don't need to drive here. Like, I got you. Come back here. Yeah, I find that's the kind of, you know, that, that mind that, that, I mean, I've been doing this work for forever almost, right, since I've been in my mm-hmm. late yes. teens. And, and, you know, all the spiritual work, I've written books, and I teach it to others and everything like that. And I, I find right. I could be in a yoga class or today I was in a Qigong class. And I love the class, but I notice I'm looking at the clock. And it's not like, you know, I have a busy, I had a busy day either. And I'm, and I'm watching myself. I'm going, don't look at the clock. Don't look at the clock. And even after all this work, <laughs> I still, you know, have this resistance to being totally in the moment. And, and what I've come to is that resistance is, is that mind chatter. It, it's just a... I'm, think, I'm trying to think of the right word. It's a, I wouldn't say a natural state, but it's a common state. We're always going to have resistance because we're in mm-hmm. these physical bodies. Mm-hmm. We're spiritual beings in a physical body. There's like two different things going on. And even if it's only, let's say, we're totally into being still, but we have 2% of the mind, we're always going to have a little resistance. And what I've come in my life, it, what it means is is really nothing but that, I mean, the fact you have resistance doesn't mean anything other than you have resistance. It doesn't mean, hey, you don't want to do this or, you know, you shouldn't be there. People like to give it meaning why they have resistance. Well, I have this resistance. That must mean this. But the reality is that our mind is always going to wander a little bit. And and I guess mm-hmm. the, the, the key, though, is when it wanders is to wander on positive things rather than negative things. I mean, that's kind of, I think the challenge is kind of do it that way, you know? Yes, yes, I, I agree. And I I am a total on board with you around let's, you know, let's give ourselves a break. There's nowhere to arrive. 
There's not the sense of never having thought again. We have this mind. We have this amazing, brilliant mind. And how can we uh, lovingly put it to work to create more of the life we really want? So what do we, where do we want to put our attention? What do we want to focus on? You know, I love how Wayne Dyer used to say that worrying is like praying for what you don't want. Right, whereas right. like even True. with all of, of what the mystics and the sages and the indigenous have known since forever, science is finally catching up with this whole piece around neuroscience and epigenetics and quantum-based reality that we, where our attention goes, energy flows. And so even if my attention is going to the clock and thinking about the next thing I have to do and not being present, even the the moment where I can be aware of that and have that witness state and then bring myself back or surrender that grip of the mind or even just put a hand on my heart and breathe and bring my awareness and my attention there, it shifts things. And so it's almost like for me, it's life starts to become this playful experiment, you know, and then where my energy and attention goes is where I will tend to pull possibilities from that infinite field where matters, particles are still just floating in space as waves. And then it's our three-dimensional reality, thought, feeling, that electromagnetic marriage that then brings it into the 3D form of our bodies, of our lives, where we can experience it with the senses. I mean, that's exciting to live and play at that level. And it requires a certain level of being responsible that we're not just, you know, victims that are at cause of something else. We get to, we get to be co-creative designers in how we live this life. So I want to ask you another question (laughs) as you refer to this, your work as a journal rather than a book. and, And why is that? Yes. Uh, because it's really not my book, it's your book or whoever it is that's drawn to um, to receive it, right? So the first 25-ish pages are a series of practices, uh, activities, touchstones. It's based in some of the basics. I love expressive arts as a way of self-discovery and life creation. So there's uh, appreciative inquiry, journal prompts, sentence stems that all direct us into becoming more intimate with our own deepest heart and expression. There's mandalas, which mandalas, you know, in Sanskrit means magic circle, but these are empty templates that are then for the reader or participant to fill with their color, with their image, with their symbols, because this activates a different part of our brain. It activates the part of us that knows how to come into coherence and to wholeness beyond the words, which are great, but are not the whole picture. <laughs> so it is right. then a hundred some odd pages of daily templates where there's seated meditations, walking meditation, reclining meditation, um, nature sits, um, dancing meditations that are more about, you know, energy medicine because dance is great, but then there's, the simplicity of just vibrating and shaking and moving our energy or, or practices like Qigong, right? So there's uh, a page after page of templates for the reader or participant to fill out themselves so that this really becomes their book. It becomes an intimate so it's like it, documentation. Yeah, it's, of, a, it's 
sounds like it's a tool book, toolkit for them to do this this it journey of, of inquiry that you give them the things to look into and you give them a template for each inquiry, more or less. Definitely, it is that way. And, yeah. and it really is a, um, it's a deepening journey so that it starts out as a book with some, some great practices. And I'm not pretending that this is anything new. I've pulled from all of the many traditions that I've loved right. over the last many decades. Um, and yet it's user-friendly. And so what it takes is a willingness to dive in and, and become intimate, not only with one's deepest self from the inside out, but also with one's, the, with, I like to say, the, the God of your understanding, with your own deepest heart and how you experience that source, force, mystery energy that is you, that lives us, and that certainly comes out to dialogue with us every time that we engage in creative expression, right? You know that as a writer, as a musician, as an artist in your own right, right. you must have some experience of when you hit that communion state. In the pocket, that groove. Mm-hmm. Right. When you're right. feeling, when you're feeling that groove, things just come to you. And, I mean, I, I know, like, Sometimes when I was working on my last book, I would I would write certain things and I go, "Whoa, that is so cool!" And and right, um, beautiful. Be so excited because it, it's not like it happened all the time. <laughs> so when it did, you know, mm-hmm. wow! And I had enough discernment so I could be honest in terms of of and what I mean by honest is, you know, is a lot of people are very quick to judge themselves, right, to criticize mm-hmm. themselves, but they don't allow them the same, they don't allow themselves the same freedom to acknowledge, wow, this is really cool. This is, as you would say, magnificent. <laughs> yes, yes. And yeah. the way I love to approach this this work in particular of the of the workbook, uh, by the, the way, playbook, uh, the interactive yeah, yeah. journal. Yeah. I want to I want to give uh, listeners an opportunity to find out how they can get your book. So why don't you tell them how they can get your book? Cause oh, we're sure. Running out of time, how they can get your book, and and you uh, how they get a hold um, of you. Yeah, I will say so. And so, everyday magnificent practices to activate an unlimited life is available on Amazon.com. It's also available through my website, and anyone who wants to come check in can do so at www.gabriellamasala.com, one L in Gabriella. Yeah, and this book is really about um, the process. It starts out as a playful workbook, but then it becomes a way of life, and it's about really embracing us in the same way that we would show up to a young child that just wanted to create and discover life and be in the adventure and, and be playful with it and be full of life with it. It's about really reconnecting to that innocent and magical part of ourselves that knows that we are love, that knows that we are creative beings, and that knows that this life is meant to be magnificent. You know, it's interesting. I usually have... Yeah, at the end of the inter- near the end of the interview, a few questions I ask people, and you you pretty much have already already talked about them in terms of of what you know. I always ask people is is you know what would be your message to other people right now? 
It would definitely be to to wake up and fall in love with your life. Mm-hmm. Fall in love with your life. What a magnificent concept, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it's been great uh, spending this time with you on the Inspire Possibility Show, getting to know you and and the work you do, and and I encourage people listening in to get a copy of, of Everyday Magnificent and uh, go to Gabriella's website and find out more about what she's doing. And um, so thank you so much for, for being on the Inspire Possibility Show. And to all of you listening out there, um, as you know, every week we have some amazing people that bless our lives and And until next week when we interview uh, another person, uh, in the meanwhile, journey on. Thanks for listening. I hope you feel inspired to take the next step in your life. And if you haven't already, please take the time to visit my website at inspirepossibility.com and discover the various services and products we offer that could just very well change your life.